I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures 32, which came out April 1995. If Batman Adventures 31 asked if it was ethical to let rich people exist in society, Batman Adventures 32 answers with an enthusiastic, full-throated, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of Batman Adventures 32? I I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. It was it was uh it was kind of as as silly as like a, you know, professor Mr. Nice mastermind sort of story. You know, it was kind of kind yeah. of kooky like see, seems like it was going to be dark at first, like the cover is badass there's, like Batman riding a black horse and shit. Like there's some literal murder in it. Like Batman's like touching some blood. It's it's the, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not as uh goofy and looney tunes as you know professor mr nice and, and mastermind sure. but it's still it's still pretty goofy i still i still, yeah, I still it really is, like it, it is pretty goofy we're gonna get into that however yeah. there's a lot of bat books to get into because detective mm. comics bled into robin but before we talk about that i just want to like leave a little show note here a little po buddies nerfect all right mm. so we talked about how anarchy was in batman adventures 31 mm. And then afterwards, I started digging into something else entirely. I was, I think I was, I think I was looking up uh, Black Spider for this Batman 518 that we're about to talk about. But I don't know how it came across my desk, but I realized that Alan Grant, who guest wrote The Last Batman Adventures, also made Anarchy. Like he's the creator of Anarchy. So it makes sense that Alan Grant made anarchy and then they, when they were like hey do you want to guest write a batman adventures he's like can i bring anarchy I, i'm i'm gonna have to look up alan grant and like i, I, I want to read more about him then because like now i'm thinking he had like anarchy probably quoting some lines from like uh the conquest of bread or something and like the editors were like okay no no you're not you're not gonna put actual <laughs> anarchist philosophers in here okay it like makes- just just it makes me very curious about Alan Grant and, and other Alan Grant projects. I, I, I kind of want to start looking him up. I hope I hope that he hasn't politically gone off the deep end in it as he got older. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. Fascinating. I don't, I, I don't know why I just turned into Spock right there. <laughs> <laughs> Batman 518, <laughs> written by Doug Munch with art by Kelly Jones and John Beatty. It's Black Mask, Spidered Face. This issue features Black Mask, but also Black Spider. Eagle-eared listeners will remember, do eagles have ears? I just realized I I wrote that, eagle-eared listeners. I don't know. Don't don't think about that. Just don't think about it. Eagle-eared listeners will remember that we saw Black Spider's demise in Shadow of the Bat number five. That Black Spider was a black man named Eric Needham. He was shot by drug dealers and then blew himself up with a suicide vest. Weirdly, he then shows up in a few places after he dies, including Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. However, this issue features a completely different Black Spider, so let's get into it. Black Mask sends his goons to murder some security guards to steal some masks from the museum. We get a kind of mini origin story for Black Mask as he's talking to a woman named Cersei. He blames his father. He blames Batman. 
He blames Bruce Wayne. He wears a mask made of his father's casket. He thinks the masks empowers the wearer with their spirit. All pretty typical stuff. Black Spider, this time as Johnny LaMonica, is a white guy with a huge pompadour. He shows up to join the False Face Society. That's Black Mask's gang. He's tasked with killing someone at Bruce Wayne's costume party to show he's really ready to join the gang. Bruce is bad at remembering who people are at this party without Alfred. Bullock comes back to the police department on desk duty. Black Spider eventually infiltrates the party, tries to shoot someone at the party, but Bruce notices, bumps the person out of the way, and Black Spider gets away. It's revealed he's working for Mr. Turk, a man with a scar over his eye, and they're both trying to get close enough to Black Mask to kill him. Next issue, Web of Scars. Jason, what did you think of Batman 518? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, the, the, the Kelly Jones art keeps on, keep, keeps on uh, sending me, you know. Yeah, keeps it's, me a, there. It's, a, I, it's a, good, a good place to mine great art is, is the Kelly Jones Batman. I was actually in the shop the other day and pulled out a small stack of Kelly Jones Batman run. And I was like, should I start collecting this? Maybe. I was like, maybe this is for future Nick. Future Nick can start collecting this. I mean, the urge is strong, though, with, with Kelly Jones. The urge is strong. You, you know, yeah. Well, just, you know, just like with the, the, the Dead Man collection we keep on bringing up. It's like that, that was like immediately, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, yoink. Like, did, yeah. not even a question, you know. Uh, I, I really liked it. I, th- I thought the, uh, the new Black Spider was, was funny, you know. Yeah. Like Real I, ridiculous. I love, yeah, I love the uh the the, the cartoon thing because I mean you know it is a cartoon of like like full on tight ass mask and then takes it off perfect pompadour yeah like, still yeah, there just yeah. springs out <laughs> you know the, the pompadour I was like okay so here's the thing that I'm realizing with Kelly Jones books Kelly Jones has such a like. I don't know what to call it, like a robust and unique shape language to his art. And this guy takes off the the mask. He's got a giant pompadour. And I'm like, is this just Kelly Jones being Kelly Jones? Or is this like, hey, this guy has a pompadour. Keep in mind that that's his character design, you know, and he's going to show up in other books with a giant pompadour. I'm not sure. I believe it's just Kelly Jones being Kelly Jones, but I think it's Kelly Jones also. I think it's Kelly Jones also saying this is how much I inhaled Jack Kirby when I was a kid. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, oh man, like, you just made me realize Kelly Jones is kind of goth Jack Kirby, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty much. Huh? Pretty huh. much. Like 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 any of like you can you can think of like and especially those guys of like. I, I don't know if he's a little bit younger, probably not by much than like Frank Miller, you know, but like sure. Frank Miller's like uh kind of cohort of of artists, you know, and those guys that got kind of got big at the same time. And when you look at it now, like, yeah, very obvious, like they fucking love Jack Kirby. It's like, yeah, they thought yeah. Neil Adams was pretty cool, but they worshipped, worshipped Jack Kirby. Yeah. And like. That's where all like, you know, like the the classic like Frank Miller hands that are all like blocky and like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Kirby through and through for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think 
And I think the, the, uh, cause like Kelly Jones loves stretching a figure, you know, yep. much like much in the way Kirby did just, he's like wild, like overtly dynamic, you know, stretches, yeah. poses and like, oh man, characters. It's so like, fun. Yeah. Like the pompadour, like I'm like picturing the panel in my head where he reveals like the pompadour and like, he yeah. had to like lower his face in the panel so low because he wanted to fit all right. of that glorious hair. Right. Right. Man, you we're know. talking a lot about the pompadour. And I think the reason is because this issue doesn't really have a whole lot of substance to it. It's yeah. trying to like reintroduce black mask, reintroduce black spider. And then it's like the Batman content is Batman hosts a party. And then like, he chases Black Spider in the woods for like a page or two and then Black Spider gets away and it's like, eh, it's not yeah. a whole lot there. Yeah. Like I said, like that, I think that's why I just jumped into the, to the Kelly Jones, like art. I mean, the, I will say it is kind of funny. I, I, I have been somewhat enjoying and I wish they would play it more for, for laughs. The uh, Bruce Wayne being so helpless without Alfred. You know, yeah, it's I, like that. I wish they would lean like, into it more too. Like, yeah, and and make it more like sitcom trope, like a '60s sitcom with like you know the <laughs> wife's away, and so the husband's burning the toast, and the kids haven't showered in days. You know, like just kind of bumbling sort of shit. But but yeah, there really there really wasn't like it wasn't bad. I don't want to say no, I don't no. want to like you know, but it was just kind of like I, yeah, okay, man. I'm picturing like Bruce just in over his head with the house. And then being like calling Dick Grayson and being like, being like Nightwing, I've got a special mission for you. And it's just like Nightwing coming over to like do the fucking laundry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, just, he's like, okay, Bruce, you know, now when the alarm is going off, that's not someone committing a crime. The washer is just done. It's done with You're the cycle. Move it over to the, just, to the dryer. <laughs> no, no, Bruce. No, not that one. You're going to shrink the sweater. Okay. I'm going to have to explain fabrics to you. So you know how when you find fabric, uh, a piece of fabric that has a bit oh of my, substance oh on it and you God. track down a killer. Well, you know, yeah, it just goes <laughs> gotta, into yeah, the world. You got to relate to his level. That's the thing. <laughs> you got to bring it to specifically to Batman. <laughs> now, now I'm picturing Dick Grayson like crouching down like the way you would talk to a little kid. Yeah, right, like, right. Okay, buddy. Well, the way the way that Kelly Jones draws Batman hunched over all the time, you kind of do have to crouch down to be completely oh, honest. Man. He's always Can, like four feet tall if you take away the ears, and then he's nine feet tall when you add the ears. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. It's, it's great. the best Batman so ever. Yeah. Uh Shadow of the Bat 38, written by Alan Grant with pencils by Barry Kitson. The Shadow of the Bat falls upon the Joker. Part 2, Tears of a Clown. Joker sets up at a huge, twisting mansion of Eric Mercy, who made millions selling cement. The house has been empty for a decade, but it has a theater and a stage. Joker reminisces about doing comedy at a club and bombing there. But Joker's also not really sure that that happened. That guy. What an unreliable narrator. Joker has strapped bomb collars on the guys he's been kidnapping. If they laugh at his routine, they explode. He does a bunch of stand-up and terrorizes them. We get more of the Joker's origin, including him as Red Hood, pulled from Detective Comics 
168 in 1951. Batman is on the scene at the mansion, but so is Wild. Do you remember Wild, right, Jason? Johnny Wildcats? Yeah, yeah Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Wildkitten. Johnny Wildcats is there too. He runs in. He's immediately caught in a snare trap and then knocked himself out by swinging his head into a tree. It's very stupid. Batman yeah. then fights with the Joker. And uh, right when he's about to win, Johnny Wildcat stumbles onto stage after regaining consciousness and pistol whips Batman in the back of the head. Johnny Wildcat's lost his whole family to the Joker. And now it's his time for his 90s anti-hero self to get revenge. Or is it? He can't pull the trigger killing the Joker. He chokes. He hesitates, which gives the Joker enough time to strike back with laughing gas. Joker goes to blow up the whole place. But Batman closes the emergency safety curtain on the stage containing the bomb blast. Joker gets away. Johnny Wildcats is cackling like a madman poisoned by the Joker's gas. Dr. Arkham is on the scene for the wrap up. Johnny Wildcats has lost his sanity from the gas and is put into Arkham's care. He looks to open a new Arkham Asylum in the mansion. Next issue, Solomon Grundy. Jason, what do you think of Shadow of the Bat 38? yeah me too i i I was i was just i was just happy the arc was over yeah yeah here's the thing here's the thing we spent the previous issue like juicing up johnny wildcats over here he's like karate chopping police officers in the hospital he's like poisoning that that dude to get information on the joker he's all revved up he's all ready for the joker and then this issue he knocks himself unconscious and then he finally gets to the joker and he's like 90s anti-heroed up and i'm like he's gonna just start shooting spray and pray motherfucker and he's just like oh i don't know if i can do this and i'm like what is this character what is this character the, the, the character is, uh, there's still DC Comics. This is still the Comics Code Authority. This is still on newsstands in the 90s. Yeah. Probably not many because it's Shadow, but still, it's still Batman and, and so, all that. Like, it's... So it got me thinking, Jason. Mm. Maybe this is uh, Alan Grant trying to be like, hey, you know the wild success of wildcats and image and all that that shit sucks actually batman's where it's at are are you saying that alan grant essentially uh created his own uh dan from street fighter character basically like a a like oh yeah this guy's an analog to the to the image industry and or the image company and we trained him bad on purpose because he's bad like he needs Batman's help and he doesn't even realize it because he's so bad. In case anybody doesn't know, but I doubt anyone who would listen to this doesn't know this, but uh, the Street Fighter character, Dan, was created specifically to suck and he is very bad and all his stats are bad because it was Capcom <laughs> making fun of SNK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think yeah. is just 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 the 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 thought of the I, you know what I I'm I'm going to choose to believe that, that that Alan Grant did that on purpose because like the thought of someone putting in like just hours of work. I don't even care if it's just two. Yeah. to just make a joke 
is pages of this guy brooding and being like a tough anti-hero and then he like he just can't do it at the end it was just such a it it was such a weird route to take for this character i was like this has to mean something you know you know it did get me thinking though just now that like it, it could be uh i'm just gonna run with like you know th- things we're making up being true okay um, yeah we're putting a lot of words into alan grant's mouth right now uh, yeah yeah, yeah. But, but, this is, but but this is just fun story stuff this isn't like you know yeah, yeah. you know whatever uh but maybe it's it was also his frustration of the image guys of like okay they left Marvel they're all on their own there's these new badass characters we're all direct sale we'll give a fuck the comics code we're gonna do whatever we want not until like the I think early two thousands there was an image book with a curse word in it with uh, nudity. I don't remember any of the big image titles where the heroes actually killed the villain, you know, and maybe he was just disappointed in being like, guys, you have, you can have your hero kill the villain. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You don't have to have them be like, I'm a hero and I don't take a life. Like you can just like have them like kill the main bad guy instead of just like, you know, nameless henchmen, like fucking do it. But, you know, but, but he can't, his hand is shaking. Rob yeah. Liefeld's hand is shaking and he can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Uh, but yeah, thank, thank God this arc is done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't the best, best shadow book that we've read. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would say that Batman and this shadow book, I read them in order of the pod. So I read Batman, and I read shadow and I was like, mm. oof, this month for monthlies is not going so hot. yeah well and also like it's just not the place for when i was reading it and like reading like the joker flashbacks and shit and i'm like i'm like this entire book is not for joker stories he's too big of a character because like batman himself is supposed to be mostly ancillary and shadow you know yeah and like joker's too big for this shit i had the same exact thought the scope of the story was not large enough for the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Joker, Joker's like, Joker's a part, he's a part of the band. You know what I mean? Like he's like, there's no, there's no Batman without Joker. There's no, you know, Beatles without Paul and John. Like he doesn't have to like, (laughs) he's not going to open up for wings. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. This is the thing is like Joker in this story, he spends two issues kidnapping like a handful of people that may or may not have mocked him like a long time ago and he's like hey batman i'm gonna kill a handful of people and it's like "Ah, man all right i guess like joker is petty in like some ways where he's like specifically going after individuals we've seen that before but this just felt like not only did he only kill like two people in the end, but also it was like the arc of it just felt flat a little bit for the Joker. It didn't feel as like fun or inspired. There wasn't a bit, you know, like. Yeah. Like, like when like, we read like the, the movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that felt like a classic Joker story. And this just felt like he could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah, they they want like I, I'm just gonna say the editors wanted the Joker in the book 
for whatever reason. Maybe maybe there's something going on with him and they're playing up that whole origin-ish story again. Yeah, possible. Uh, also, also possible that maybe the Joker's got some stuff coming up and they just want to be like, hey, remember the Joker? He's still around. He's running yeah. around out there. Yes, we remember the Joker, guys. Come on. <laughs> we live in a society. Uh, of course we remember <laughs> the Joker. Detective Comics 685, written by Chuck Dixon and penciled by Steve Lieber, with inks from Klaus Jansen. It's War of the Dragons Part 1, The Iron Dragon. Stoked to see Steve Lieber in a 1995 book, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Big fan of and, Steve Lieber. Great to see his early work. I had a lot of fun with this. Well, and 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 also uh, Klaus Jansen. Like uh, honestly, like even even yeah. like like when I was a kid, when I would see his name on like just inking a book, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. Also, John Wellington is coloring this digitally. This is the first of the mainline books to get digital color. The legendary colorist Adrian Roy is uh, still on the other books right now. But I think we're starting to get into the era of digital coloring and uh, Roy is going to start to uh, sunset her career. Aww. Just wanted to make a note of that. We start with Batman and Robin taking down someone who has been assaulting little old ladies. They dress up Robin as a little old lady to do it. Then we move to General Sue, who is consolidating the heroin trade somewhere in Asia. King Snake, a.k.a. Sir Edmund, a.k.a. Bane's father, is still running Little Chinatown in Gotham, and the thugs are looking to get a guaranteed buy from General Sue. King Snake doesn't guarantee anything. He kills them all. When we last saw King Snake in Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress, going toe-to-toe with KG Beast. Oh my god, I am butchering this, Jason. Is this even, like, legible? Hold on. I'm going to. All right. You know what? I'm starting over. Is it is it you or is it the book? That's the that's the question. So that's a good question. Let's not start (laughs) over. Let's power through because this book is like all over the place. Yeah, this book is crazy. We have General Sue who's like taking over the heroin trade. Right. And he's like, I want heroin distributed through Chinatown with King Snake. And King Snake is like, I don't make any guarantees to anybody. He just starts murdering people. Okay, that brings us current. <laughs> so, and the last time we saw King Snake was Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress, where he was going toe-to-toe with KG Beast. Lynx is his right-hand man, or woman, I guess. Man, I'm just having a time. <laughs> anyway, she is sick of King Snake's arrogance and attacks him, but he easily brushes her aside. Bullock, looking to get out of desk duty, goes to serve a warrant on Timothy Manchester, a.k.a. Tommy Mangles. We get introduced to Bruce Wayne's neighbor, J. Devlin Davenport III. He's a douche. Batman's trying to get a handle on which gangs have power in Gotham again. And so he's shaking down informants and trying to get information. Lynx and the Ghost Dragons make a formal push to get rid of King Snake. They fight. It doesn't go super well for the Ghost Dragons. General Sue hires the silver monkey to go kill King Snake after being disrespected about the heroin trade. Be here next week for Robin 17, War of the Dragon Part 2 is what it says, but we're going to just talk about Robin 17 right now. Yeah, We could just get into it, just fold both books together, same creative yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. 
Robin 17, written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Steve Lieber with inks from Klaus Janssen. It's War of the Dragons Part 2, Silk Dragons. It features a cover from Mike Waringo. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I did shit. I did. Yeah. I early, fucking... early Mike Waringo. Yeah, yeah. King Snake is still beating the heck out of the ghost dragons. They start falling from windows and they fall right smack into Tim Drake's terrible date. Uh, Robin suits up and gives Batman a call. Bruce is at a party trying to sneak out when his douche neighbor sees him leaving and tries to get him to go to a strip club. Bruce declines. <laughs> King Snake continues fighting the ghost dragons on the roof. Huntress shows up. Please care about Huntress. Huntress <laughs> I, is there. <laughs> I thought that honestly, your voice popped into my head. Like as soon as like, like the splash page of Huntress, I, I just, my first thought was, you going, please care about Huntress. <laughs> Huntress therefore forces Tim to join the fray without Batman. Robin tackles both Huntress and King Snake off the roof. King Snake is getting away just as Batman shows up to chase him. Batman gives him pursuit only to be stopped in an alley by the lightning fast blades of the Silver Monkey. We get a weird update on the warrant for Tommy Mangles. A cop named Shotgun, who we've seen before but has like never really been relevant, throws away the warrant saying that Tommy Mangles is a tri-corner, tri-corner boy and the locations on the warrant aren't going to work. That Mangles is a city problem. The story continues in next month's Detective Comics 687. I say next month, but we're going to tackle it next week is the conclusion. Mm. Jason, mm. what did you think? Of Detective Comics 685 and Robin 17, The War of the Dragon. I actually, I really like them. I fucking love the art. Love. Oh, yeah. The art all the way through. Love the. So, okay. This is one of the things that I wanted to pick your brain about. Mm. I love Klaus Janssen's art. He's inking this. But it looks like Klaus Janssen. And I wonder what kind of pencils Steve Lieber handed in. Because, like, this is something that like I worry about as a colorist is like I'm there to like amp up the art just by making things. You're going to have like your own fingerprints on it. Oh, yeah. But like it's a, it's a collaborative medium. Yeah. Yeah. But like this reads like a Klaus Janssen book because Klaus Janssen is like unapologetically Klaus Janssen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think there are some inkers that um that that are kind of like that you know i think maybe with some artists it's easier to tell you know like i definitely sure. think it was maybe it's because they would they were always so uh wonderfully attached at the hip but it was like whenever anybody else other than uh jimmy pomiati uh inked joe quesada just like looked right weird. just kind of looked weird yeah 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 like it looked fine but it's like uh, I, don't, I don't know but then sometimes when you know jimmy pomiati would be inking somebody else other than joe quesada it was just like oh yeah i can really tell you're working this dude you know it's like yeah can, but but maybe that's just because like his style was that much more recognizable you know sure sure um I was just very curious because like I know what Steve Lieber's stuff looks like now. Yeah. I, and like in the middle of his career, not that he's at the end of his career, but like <laughs> decades ago when he did um Whiteout for Oni Press, which is a great book. 
Yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember if it looked more Frank Miller, Klaus Janssen-y, uh, if that book hmm. did, but I can't, I can't remember because I read it in like 2005, like 18 years ago. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, and you know, and, and you brought up being, like, you know, you being a colorist, I, I still haven't bought it, but I, one of these days will, cause like one of my favorite Marvel books ever is uh, earth X. Like I just absolutely love yeah, Earth yeah. X, everything about it. And not lowest on the list at all is a uh, uh, Jean-Paul Leon, uh, yeah. his, his, his art. And in the, um, there's a special hardcover edition that comes in like uh, a clear plastic case that has, uh, like the machine man, like kind of right, right. I in, remember Boston, and it's all black and white, no colors. Oh, in really? It. Yeah, I didn't know which, that. Yeah, which to me makes it an even bigger selling point because not that I don't love the the, the colors in the original book. I thought I, I can't remember. Uh, apologies, I can't remember who the colorist was, but uh, they, they were great and they really complemented um, the, the super heavy inking style really well, which I think can sometimes be difficult. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, but uh, there's just something to to me. It would just be more like it would be more like an interesting thing of like uh, hearing the demo. You know what I mean? Right. So like, right. yeah, I would really love to see his pencils because I didn't really like pick up on like how much uh, Klaus Johnson's style was kind of creeping in a little bit. And sure. uh, it would be really interesting to see like, yeah, just the flat pencils of like, see how much. Uh, yeah. Like what, like, yeah. Yeah. What the rawness was then, you know, before uh, Klaus Johnson, who at that point was like already just really established. You right. Know? Exactly. And I, I also wonder, too, because like Steve Lieber's pretty young in his career in 95. And I wonder if they were like, oh, we'll put Klaus on it to like kind of like pu- push him over the finish line kind of thing. I wonder yeah. if that was happening. I don't know. I if uh, I bu- ever bumped into Steve Lieber again, I'm definitely gonna pick his brain about it. Be like, yeah. hey, you remember? In, you remember when you did Batman in 1995? <laughs> Can I ask you a few questions about that? I'm gonna be that guy now. Fuck, I'm that guy. <laughs> Favorite band of mine is this amazing uh, 90s band uh, Chavez, and uh, yeah. uh, me, me and our our, our mutual uh, great friend uh, Brian met him once and we were both like nerding out and like i remember afterwards like <laughs> thinking to myself i'm like this man probably gets this like once every two years because he lives in new york city <laughs> and like legit famous people aren't giving a shit about new york city and he ran yeah. runs into these two ass drunken idiots who are like <laughs> oh my god man gone glimmering was so awesome man and we like, should have named <laughs> we should have named our podcast two drunken idiots like <laughs> <laughs> And then, but, but it's still this, but it's still the same subject matter. Yes, exactly. It's, we still do the, the exact same At any thing. Rate, Steve Lieber, I'm coming for you. I'm going to corner you. I'm probably going to be drunk. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to ask you, you wanna... about this specific moment and your feelings in April, 1995. But to, but to bring it back to April, 1995 and to these issues, I honest to God, like I didn't, so I I, I I really enjoyed the story and I really enjoyed the little, little yeah. arc here. I did not realize until you started doing the breakdown how just jam-packed and convoluted the entire oh thing my is. God. My, I, I cut some stuff. There's, there's a moment yeah. where like Batman's <laughs> traveling to like where Robin and Huntress are fighting King Snake and the uh, dragons. And he like 
bumps into another rival gang that's like, the dragons are infighting. We can take their territory. Let's jump in there. Batman's like, everyone go home now. <laughs> and they're like, okay, buddy, we'll go home. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think that, do you think that this is like sort of like a nineties thing? And I only bring this up because the other day while uh, waiting for uh, an NBA playoff game to start, I was like flipping around and I saw, I was like, oh shit, the first mission impossible is on. And like, I caught most of it and I was like, I haven't seen this in forever. I'm like, I forgot how fucking yeah, hard mission since... impossible goes. Like, yeah, I haven't seen it since know. the theater. Yeah. But then also I was like, oh, I forgot how also other than the action in Mission Impossible movies, how the story makes no fucking sense. And I there's rem- like that's 18 my names. <laughs> the only thing I remember is Tom Cruise <laughs> taking a mask off and then like not knowing what's happening. That's that's what I remember from Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. But the action scenes were great. You're like, you're there for the action yeah. scenes. You don't give a shit about the story. The action scenes in this book, fucking great. King Snake is like so good in every every scene he's in. He's like beating the hell out of somebody, and he's doing it in a, a, I, an amazing fashion. Steve Lieber I drew hope, the hell out of it. Yeah. And and you know what I'm gonna say right now? I hope that uh, King Snake. I hope he disowned Bane because man, yeah. what 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 a bitch. You know, like dudes blind yeah. and just killing people left and right. Like, right. And and he's held Chinatown this entire time, all through nightfall, all through everything. He's been yeah. holding on to Chinatown. And and I totally and I totally didn't forget that that was Bane's dad until you said I had that. To, Jason, I had to totally I had didn't to look forget. it up to remember. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think he's Bane's dad. I don't know. Does it matter? All right. I no. don't know. No. Does Bane no. matter? Does Bane does, matter? Does Bane matter, Jason? Does, we does can't he? go down this road because then we're going to end up with like, do comics matter? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Existential Crisis podcast with Nick and Jason. <laughs> Two drunken idiots have an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was that was the regular bat books that were on the shelf. Um, I really enjoyed Detective and Robin in a weird twist of fate i actually am thinking maybe i should read a little more robin but we're gonna get into that a little bit in the to read pile for right now jason let's talk about batman adventures issue 32 written by guest writer dan raspler art by mike parobeck and rick burchett mike parobeck's back in a diminished capacity but is still he isn't doing everything but he's he's here thankfully yeah cute yeah, cue the, uh, the 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 clip of Bender saying, "We're back, baby." <laughs> Colored by Rick Taylor, lettered by Richard Starkings of Comic Craft, edited by Scott Peterson with an associate editor, Darren Vincenzo. Jason, we start with what seems like Batman on a black horse in between, seemingly, I don't know, like Napoleonic a war of some kind, a, a cannons exploding in the background. There's muskets and swords and flintlock yeah, pistols. 19th uniforms. century. Yeah. 19th right, century. Right. shit. And, and you know what is making me pick up the book and it's making me get into act one into the Valley of death. And this is called a soldier's story. We have Batman swooping in on what looks to be a skirmish that happened or an ambush. There's a bunch of dead soldiers with wearing blue 
They're all wearing blue. Batman's checking the corpses. They're, he finds that it's like real blood. They're really dead. He's looking at the guns and he's like flintlock pistols. What a what a what kind of monstrosity is this? What what am I dealing with? <laughs> and it's all it's all silent too. It's all silent. all silent. And Batman's out of there just as the cops arrive, and then it's back in the the back cave, and we've switched from going all silent to just a ton of word balloons as he and Alfred kind of hash out what's happening here, and they're trying to figure it out. Um, the lead that he has is the gunpowder because. It is a replicate uh, replica of the gunpowder that they used in the 19th century. So he's like, there's only a few plants that are capable of do of making this stuff. So he's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to track down like which plant this is and then like kind of get a line on, on the deal with these guys, like why they're doing what they do. Just track them down. Um, the the costumes are replicas they're they're like a poly blend that didn't exist back then so he's like somebody's outfitting these guys with replica uniforms and turn of the century 19th century gunpowder he's like i'm gonna figure it out i just i love i love the use of uh just like poly blend you know because it's just like just 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 throw the word poly in there you know just throw some you know now yeah. word <laughs> into yeah, yeah. it we're we're not going to i'm not going to research fabrics you know <laughs> like the next page is uh batman investigating this whole situation and it starts with a very spooked security guard as batman shows up <laughs> and he's given him he's given him all the information and uh batman finds out that through the security guard that the old man who owned this, this plant recently passed and they left it the plant and the fortune to their 80 year old son. So it's, it's a old man who now owns the plant recently with a even older man who recently passed away and left it to him, which is critical. This is critical information for this book. It's weird, but it's it's critical information. <laughs> Pay attention. Batman turns around and of course in the factory there's just a a small ambush, a small skirmish going on between a handful of, of soldiers on each side on horseback. They're on horseback in the factory. Yeah. The look on Batman's face too is great. Just this the shock, like man, yeah. like you don't you don't get to surprise the world's greatest detective very often. Yeah, but. yeah. He's like, yeah, just in shock at the whole situation. So Batman gets in the mix. He starts he starts uh, trying to subdue these fools before they kill them, kill each other. Batman is is in there doing his thing. And then suddenly there's a child in danger of being like run down by these horses. And so Batman scoops the kid out of the way. Uh, there's a moment where the mom's like, Larry, no. <laughs> God Batman's damn it, Larry. Like, I got I to gotta save this kid. So he does. And then, you know, the kid runs to his mom and the, she's like, oh, Larry. And, you know, that Batman starts to, like, interrogate some of the survivors who uh, are wounded but not dead. They're, they're only being shot at with, with flintlock, you know, like th those guns were so inaccurate. Right. So basically everyone survived. One guy got clipped 
and that and all the gunfire. The swords yeah. were probably a better option, to be completely yeah. honest. <laughs> they probably hurt more, I think. I'm thinking. Yeah. Batman recognizes this dude as uh, Marty Shamardi, which is the real name he's he's got in the book. He's been on parole for a month. Batman's like, what the hell's going on here? I, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't pick up the, the goofy name. <laughs> I read it three times. I was like, the first time I read it, I was like, that can't be right. And then I read it again and I was like, uh, is that right? And then I was like, I read it a third time and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it says. And, and then you showed it to Shannon. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and then you showed it to the dog. I need like, additional is, verification. Yeah, um, am, I, am I going crazy? So the guy's like dying from being clipped by this, by this musket fire. And he's like, you probably don't remember. Once you told me I was a punk who'd never make it. Well, I made it, Batman. I'm finally a success. Come to think of it, I'm probably the richest man I ever met. It was worth it. Too bad I'm going to miss the big one. And then he passes away. And Batman's like, the hell is going on? <laughs> so we go to Fletcher Farms Stable, a Rupert Fletcher III property. And Batman is trying to get a beat on the horses since the, you know, he went there and he found gunpowder and now they have horses. So he's like only so many stables in Gotham. Let me do the research. And he finds a news clipping of venerable patriarch of Fletcher fortune dead at 105. Rupert Fletcher, the fourth 87 to inherit it all. So he's like hood is 88. The guy who, who has the factory. And he's like, Fletcher's 87. He's like, two extremely old heirs, two different fortunes in one night. And then he's like, gets on the cell phone, his bat phone. And he's like, sorry to wake you, Commissioner. You might be interested in this. And we get into Act 2. Jason, take us into Act 2. Act 2, War and Remembrance. So Act 2, we, are, we find ourselves on the roof of Gotham Police Station with Jim and uh, Bats having a little conversation of what, what's going on with this this weird shit that's happening. Batman explains to uh, Gordon what what the what what's happening is that there's two really old people who are really rich who just inherited their fortune from respectfully each their ever older fathers who just recently passed away. Yep, and. I, and I love this line because, uh, and Batman's explaining to him how uh, when they were kids, they used to play with toy soldiers. And it, it looks like that they're, now that they have their father's fortunes, that they're playing with real soldiers. And, yes. and uh, Gordon is like, ah, oh, that's ironic, isn't it? You know, and we were going to, here we were feeling good about the drop in the crime rate. And, uh, Batman just you call it irony Jim I call it murder yeah so Jim's talking Jim's talking about the drop in the crime rate because these old guys are just like scooping up every single fucking criminal off the street in order to like be in their armies to be their toy soldiers but yeah that's that's great that's a great back and forth from Batman and Commissioner Gordon yeah just the you call it irony Jim I call it murder I thought this scene was kind of weird because like he loops in Gordon, but he's really kind of like looping in the reader 
I think this is uh, Dan Raspler basically not necessarily being super confident in like conveying what's going on. I think that this book is so odd that he's like, we should just do a real quick recap just, just so that the reader like has a heads up. Yeah. Cause it, cause it is a lot of, um, it's a lot of backstory that's needed to explain the crazy thing that's going on. And right. the, the whole story has to be done at the end of 24 pages. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to get some, some pretty, uh, straightforward exposition. Right. Right. Uh, but, but as, as, as a, uh, Batman explains is, is explaining the situation and, uh, what's going on and where all the criminals have really went. He also, uh, tells him that there's going to be an even bigger battle. That's like, that's coming up and Gordon's like, well, he'll double police patrols and maybe try to round up some people. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, he said, I doubt that will do much good. Schmarty said they were leading up to the big one. Now that yep, they know yep. we're on to them. Good old Schmarty's Intel. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm, 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 I'm just so, I'm so disappointed in myself that I did not catch Schmarty. <laughs> you, you know like this because that's just so good that's just so yeah. choice smarty smarty yeah yeah that's that's so lovely and as as batman's finishing his thought that they've already pushed up the timetable we join again in our blue uh, the blue team dressed in mm -hmm. full napoleonic slash 19th century a uh, soldier regalia being drilled by a flat top blonde man who's calling them cowardly scum and telling him to present arms. And, uh, yeah. The, and we have, we have our first look at one of the rich guys too. He's on horseback inspecting the troops. Yeah. 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 And he has a big, uh, he's <laughs> a big, uh, handlebar mustache. And the guy, the guy drilling yep. the troops is like really serious. Like he's like the one guy who actually seems to like know his shit. You know, right? I'm pretty sure might he's have been, German. Might have been in war at some point. You know, like who knows? Yeah, yeah. And he's German, which I think they're using as code for like this person knows how to like you know organize and murder. Which like, all right, I guess fair <laughs> enough. Like, I don't know, man. That's yeah. kind of a reach. Don't you think? <laughs> I think he, just I think he's just putting, German because it's like silly. I don't know. You know, you know, I, I think the theme of this show, apparently, at least this episode is we're just putting words in people's mouths. Yeah, right. Let me tell you, let me tell you about Dan Raspler's hidden agenda regarding Batman Adventures 32. That's <laughs> the signs are all there, policemen. The clues are all there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like and, and his his 30 year plan is probably today coming to fruition. OK, oh, everyone, this is what going. the show has really been going. about. <laughs> so uh, as the so so the yeah we get we get our actual first look you're at the turning first this into guy. a true crime podcast <laughs> that's what's happening <laughs> make us some fucking money yeah that's true that's true you're right you're right <laughs> so we we have a the our, our look at the first rich man who is inspecting the troops and his drill sergeant isn't he's not confident in the soldiers he's like they're they're not you know they're, they're, they're not disciplined and they're not ready for, for battle, you know, and right at that moment, 
they get attacked by the red team. Yeah, ambushed. 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 And I just I just want to take a special uh little second though to uh shout out again Mike Probeck and the horses. This man knows how to draw a horse. Oh yeah. Horses man. Are all the oddly all the horses hard to are, draw. Are very convincing all the way through this. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just one of those people that can just like bust out a horse. And so the the troops who are unready get ambushed and they of course because they're not ready and they're all just cowardly criminals really who have no war training just freaking scatter. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which which I love and rich man is just shouting at them to good heavens, you there, stay and fight I say. Right, right. Typical rich man thing. And, and the, the blonde guy is like, is like, we need, like, trying to give orders, trying to get out of this situation. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, no, like, just lay down covering fire and, like, try to, you know, take yeah. cover. And he's like, like, he's like, Hood, please get off the horse. Because he, he's, like, hiding behind a tree for cover. And he's like, eh. Hide like a 20th century coward? Not in your life. I'm a damn soldier. <laughs> yeah. And he gets, and I did absolutely love this too. I love the sound effect. And he, he gets uh, uh, a shot straight through his, uh, is, that's not a tri-corner hat. It's a bi-corner hat? I don't know what you call that kind of hat. I don't know hat. what to call it. Yeah, but, it's an old-timey like Napoleon, like, uh, hat. it's a very tall hat. Yeah, yeah, and he get and he gets shot right through, and I love I love the cap wee, yeah. and his just his look his of just terror. A, yeah, it's just like oh wait, shit, that's right. And then like the next panel, he's just immediately next to his drill sergeant, like hiding. Right yeah, behind yeah, hiding the, behind the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like oh wait, okay, I should I should listen to this guy who's still barking orders and finally gets some people to listen to him. And they charge back against their attackers, and yeah, they repel the ambush. Yeah, they 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 repel, they repel that good old ambush. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I just love that 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 whole sequence because I just I love the uh, I, I love uh, I love an out of touch rich guy, you know, like I, yeah. I love yeah. that character, that overconfident, like no, I'm rich. Listen to me. Because <laughs> right, I have right. I have money. The, yeah, because yeah. I have money, it'll stop these bullets from flying. Where are you going? My yeah. my money will stop them. Why aren't people listening to me? <laughs> yeah. Back in the Batcave, because we're still not at the final battle, and Batman's trying to trying to figure this out before, you know, shit pops off without him being there. Right. And so he's kind of searching around on the big back computer, having a having a conversation with, with Alfred, you know, trying to figure out, just trying to figure out like, Hmm, where, where are they going to go in Gotham? You know, it's gotta be a large area, good access for some different groups. Let's see. They must have dozens of locations that fit the bill, which when I read that, I was like, you know, good for Gotham for keeping up on their green spaces, you know, too many cities just ready to bulldoze a park. Yeah. 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 Probably funded by that that freaking bleeding heart liberal Bruce Wayne. I'm Probably. sure. Won't even go to a strip club in the mainline continuity with his douchebag neighbor. Yeah, what the hell? What kind of rich guy are you? 
<laughs> you know, and I do, I, I, I also though, I just want to say, I did appreciate the, like, you know, the, the breakdown, like, like when you're, you're talking about in the mainline Batman books of like Batman doing like such little real detective work. Like yeah. I, I did really enjoy the, uh, the, just the complete narrowing whittling down of, okay, well it has this many green spaces, but the green space has to have this and it has to have this. Right. He's like, oh, real detective place, work. Yeah. Oh, in some place relatively level. I'm like, oh shit. Hey, Batman. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Good, good thinking, yeah. Batman. I guess that's why you're yeah. a better detective than I am. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. He uh, narrows it, he narrows it down to a couple spaces and then it hits him from the name. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're looking at a list and there's way too many and they're talking it out. And Batman's like, even if they sent out like all the police to like search all the parks, there still wouldn't be enough to stop this many men if they find them. So that would be useless. And he's like, I'm missing something. I'm thinking too rationally. And then, yeah, they look right at Waterloo Park. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, yeah. Finger Plaza is on the I list did. as well. Shout I out did. Bill Finger. Hell yeah. Not only did I love like that, but also again, Batman's pleased look on his face and like the, 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 the when he figures out the mystery. Yeah. 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 The snap. The like, it's just such a, the, such snap an old point. school Adam West. Like, yeah. Yeah. As he and Alfred are both like in the same word balloon, Waterloo park. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I've got an old chum. So we get into act three, the last battle Batman arrives at Waterloo park and there's like a crowd lining up because there's soldiers lining up that are going to kill each other. And <laughs> people and think it's how, like a reenactment or something, probably. Yeah. And I love how close. I mean, I understand they just have to fit it into the panel, you know, but sure. it's just like how physically close all the soldiers are to each other. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> it, only it, like maybe 20 feet away from each other. Like one's on one side of the sidewalk, one's on the other side of the sidewalk. That's yeah. It. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're going to be you're not going to be like running at each other. You're going to be like lightly mm -hmm. jogging. Batman sees a cop on a horse eating a donut, watching everything unfold. He points at him. He says, you, I need that horse. And then Batman rides into the park on the horse. Big splash oh. of Batman riding in. Very uh, powerful he, horse. He gets there, jumps to the to the red team. And they're they're lining up to fire at him, and he's just like running rough shot over them because they're common criminals, and they have flintlock weapons. You know, he's he's doing what he does. He's yeah. like, "Your game's over, Fletcher. Order your men to lay down their arms." And he's like, "Fletcher's like over. I disagree. It's just about to start. I've been waiting eighty years for this." <laughs> and uh, so they're fixing bayonets, cannons fire on my command. You know that kind of stuff, and. Right before they can shoot the cannon, Batman jumps to the cannon like from the horse and knocks it a little out of the way so that the cannon hits a conveniently placed water tower. The water tower falls over. Every park over. has a water tower. Come on. Every, every park has water. It's Gotham. It's Gotham. Yeah. yeah. You can't build anything without like, huh, where's the water tower going to go? <laughs> yeah. Batman's got to grapple on something, man. <laughs> Exactly. The water tower goes over. A big uh, crack sploosh happens. The, the park is getting flooded. And they're all flooded. 
and they go to use their flintlock weapons. And what's this? Nothing works. Well, yeah, because it's all wet. It's all wet. Yeah. And Batman's like powder. It's just gunpowder in there, man. Yeah. So Batman's like, well, this guy just tried to shoot me with his flintlock rifle. I'm just going to punch him in the head. (laughs) And then (laughs) so disrespectful. Just a little. Right. Yeah. And then they, you know, everybody holds up their hands. They everybody surrenders. Police are on the scene. They're dropping their flintlock weapons. Uh, And it goes back to uh, Arkham where Gordon is like, yeah, rounded up a lot of them without firing a shot. Almost 200 arrests. And, uh, you know, Batman's like, Jim, I know it's not my place, but I heard about the course of treatment for Hood and Fletcher. And and Gordon's like, I know, I know, I checked. It's an accredited form of therapy. And consider, but considering their ages, I doubt any form of treatment would do much good. Besides, you know what they say, can't teach an old dog new tricks. And then they're both in there in a cell playing with toy soldiers. And one of them's like happily winning while the other one's like stamping up and down. And that's where it ends. Two rich guys using everybody, all these common criminals, uh, spending uh, $100,000 on them to get them to kill each other for their sport. Hey, man, you're going to do something like at least do that instead of buying a stupid fucking mega yacht or some shit, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. We should have criminals killing each other. You're probably right about that. Uh, Like I said (laughs) up top, by the way, Anarchy poses the question, do the rich, is it ethical for the rich to live in society? And then it's followed immediately by this story of like rich people being like, hey, I'll, I'll give you $100,000 if you join my army and kill that army. Hey, f- fun, fun little nerd fact, though. Uh, did you know that um, not not this issue, but uh, this is sort of the origin of uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, before uh, before Gary Gygax, uh, you know, created Dungeons and Dragons, he was part of a group of of people who and like he had done it since he was a kid who would um, they would ha- play with toy soldiers, you know, but it would be a yeah. battlefield and there would be uh, essentially the point of the game was uh, you can only use uh, strategies that were strategies and technologies that were available to 18th century or wherever it was they were battling. And they were like, you get to have Napoleon's army. You get to have this other real army. Here are like the stats and stuff. Can you figure out a way to win like within that? And like, he kind of, he had done that as a hobby for a while. And then like a lot of that informed him uh, creating Dungeons and Dragons. It's just Hmm. sort of, sort of where that, that's pretty cool. That came from. Yeah. I, I always found that interesting. What'd you, what'd you think of this issue? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I, I love seeing, uh, I love seeing Perobeck back. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, not, we don't not know to, exactly, um, who did what, you know, cause it says Mike Perobeck, Rick Burchett artists, rather than being like Mike Perobeck, penciler, Rick Burchett, uh, inker. So I don't know how back Mike Perobeck is. And I think that it would be, difficult to untangle because we saw Rick Burchett be an amazing artist unto himself in that fill in he did. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, but it was but really it's nice uh, to see Barbeck back. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, re- but I really, it was really zany, you know, even it though there were zany. a couple, there were a couple of 
deaths that maybe were weren't like eh, sure they might have been we're like there was like weird little things with like gordon's recapping the issue to you halfway through and like little larry's like in on the factory floor needs to be (laughs) saved by his mother that was out of nowhere that was out of nowhere i was like i read it twice because i was like what the hell is happening like what i thought we were at night in a secured in like a security room on a at a factory that makes gunpowder and here's little larry wandering through yeah i kind of i kind of just accepted that i just i I liked it i i like the uh i i like a i like a crazy rich person story because because i think it's like you know for for us normals, you know, it's like, yeah, if I had millions of dollars, I'd do some fun shit with it. You know, <laughs> you'd try to destroy your rival in a real game of, of Napoleonic war. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, I'd probably try to destroy my rival in like one of those, like, you know, real games of chess where you have like real people instead of like pieces. <laughs> sure. And sure. they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't kill each other. They wouldn't kill each other. But when you take a piece, uh, the other person gets punched in the nuts. You know, like that's how. <laughs> that would be a hilarious chess game, Jason. But I think yeah. we're getting a little off topic. <laughs> this is why uh, I'm not allowed to be rich. We should just jump to the letters column. <laughs> Do you uh, get a chance to read the letters column? Yeah, there's there's only really one that jumped out at me. Uh, the other ones were were you know they were fun and like I, I always love seeing people uh gushing about like how much they love the book especially versus the you know the 90s like grim dark stuff of the time uh, sure but it was uh, the letter from insignificant scrub that uh hit me with that, it Re- read it to me <laughs> dear scott the man peterson please i'm going to say that many times in this letter please 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 i'm begging you i'm imploring you with intense supplication on the side i entreat you beseech adjure petition ask pester i'll do anything please consider me as a scrub a wretch a tattered (laughs) ah that tripped me up a tattered demalion even yeah okay thesaurus (laughs) i'm asking you for one tiny thing please have an issue that tells how mr nice mastermind and the professor get together as the oddball threesome please i ate up issue 10 and bronzed issue 20 last time please signed insignificant scrub hoost starbase nine mr peterson the man scott the man peterson replied sorry we showed their origins two issues ago and i'm afraid that's as close as we're good as we'll get oh and it's actually the threatening three to get technical about it so a name for these three this trio the threatening three i didn't know that they were called that yeah i didn't, I didn't either i didn't either yeah. but, but but as i was reading it i was like i was like man i'm like yeah i wholeheartedly agree and also it being the 90s i can just picture this person sitting down with like one of those like pocket thesauruses and go okay just, uh, i'm and... a scrub yeah yeah exactly yeah. 
BC. I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look up what what, what was that? What was the one I couldn't tatter? Tattered Demillion. A person wearing ragged or tattered clothing, a ragamuffin. Ah. So, I am intimately familiar with being a ragged ragamuffin, though. I am too. Yeah, I thought that was the only letter that really jumped out to me too. Everything else was kind of like singing its praise. They talked, uh, some of the letters column talked about um, not only Batman Adventures 28, but also the holiday special that came out. Everyone loved the holiday special. Shocker. The holiday special is fucking excellent. Everyone pick up the holiday special. That's number, like number one with a bullet is every comic collector. (laughs) Please just go get the Batman Adventures holiday special. Yeah. Or, or I'll say this. And and as I think this entire show, we've we've been very vocal about how much we love the, the actual book, Batman Adventures, and the creative team on it. But if you ever see a freaking Batman title with Paul Dini or Bruce Tim anywhere on it, just fucking pick it up. Just pick just it up. Pick it up. It's gonna be It'll gold. Be, yeah, yeah. Like you, you cannot. It's my guarantee. You can't go wrong with that. You just can't. Can't. You want the next issue, Stinger? Yeah, sting me up. Next issue, two adults and a child out late in Gotham after seeing a movie, a mugger, a gunshot. Bruce Wayne sees it all again. The Batman Adventures 33, Just Another Night, by Dev Medan, Rick, Rick, Rich, and guest writer Ty Templeton. See you then. Mm. Yeah, a lot of guest writers, a lot of... A lot of uh, uh, guest artists uh i'm excited about it um seeing uh ty templeton uh write some stuff yeah hell yeah that's a that's a name god damn you want to hit the two read pile yeah it's two read pile As always, if you're uh, interested in seeing some of these issues uh, and some of the art from them, there's a to read pile up on youtube.com slash Nick where I, I cobble together a little podcast video with a bunch of art. Uh, I, in doing so, I checked out the book you, re- you recommended last pod, which was I Hate This Place. You picked up the Fuck This Place uh, variant for the trade paperback. Yeah, because uh, I'm a 12 year old. You were very right. That art was v- incredible. That that book looks fantastic. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick it up. I put it on my wish list. Fuck yeah. But Jason, do you are you bringing anything to the to read? I know. So a little behind the scenes, we record. We usually record on Mondays. We recorded last week on Wednesday because I was slammed with work. So you've only had like a handful of days to read something else. Which is a little unfair, but yeah, yeah. Did you bring well, anything? No, no. And as I said before the show, I have been reading just not stuff I'll bring the, to the two read, at least not right away. And also the NBA playoffs are on. So, you know, that's kind fair, of into fair. my time too. Sure, sure. I, however, drug myself out of my hole of responsibilities and and actually sat down and read a bunch of stuff. So up top, 
the thing that I loved. Upgrade Soul. Got to finish it still. This is a book that is put out by Oni Press. It's from uh, Ezra Clayton Daniels. Oh, man. It's like a sci-fi slice of life that escalates into like a horror thing kind of at the end. Uh, It is about this couple. One of them is the the father is a uh, he inherited an intellectual property from his father called Slain, and it is an allegory for uh, black men and a way to put black men on the screen before you were able to by making them, quote unquote, an alien kind of thing. But it's like it's set in the 90s and it's like there's black people on camera all the time. It's not the, you know, 50s anymore. So it's it's kind of like losing its luster now. It's, it hasn't been updated for the modern times. And then his wife is uh, a scientist and she's uh, Latinx and she's uh, trying to work on this like imaging kind of like goggles machine that's like very sci-fi. that's supposed to like identify diseases just by looking at them, you know? So you could like look at a person and see what see what's going on with them. And she can't get it to work. And she's there. She's feeling like she's at the end of her life and they're both very old. And they she's feeling like she's at the end of her life and she has nothing to show for it. No lasting impact on the world, despite a promising career in science, like nothing really clicked. And he's feeling like. You know, Slane isn't really getting popular the way it should be even though he keeps making stuff like it doesn't really work as well and the character needs an update and he can't really figure it out so they decide to do this process called upgrade soul which is this cloning process where they take a little bit of you they make a clone and the clone is they augment the clone to be smarter faster stronger etc So they go through this process, upgrade soul. And what happens is, is they, they, they make this clone, but it's not like a perfect human being. They call them uh, a potato in the book, like potato like, because they're like very short with, they look like an enlarged walking around kind of fetus almost. Um, But they're very strong, very smart. And over the course of the book, they also both people, both like, so like Hank is the husband and Henry is the clone and both people have to be around each other. Otherwise they start getting headaches. So they, they, they can't leave each other. And they're kind of like stuck in this facility with like the small cast of characters. And the process leaves uh, Hank and Molly very, very like, um, almost like uh, uh, takes a lot out of them. Like they they come in as like healthy adults with a little bit of pudge, and then they're like, you know, using a walker, and they're like emaciated at the end of it. So that so it has like a physical toll on them. And then it's like, and they they want to do this because they feel like they're going to do, you know, get a new lease on life, like start again, like do all the things that they wanted to do, kind of thing. But what they don't realize is that they won't get to do any of this stuff. 
it's the clones that are going to get to do this stuff. And then the clones don't come out like normal people. So then it's like the facility's freaking out about what to do. The guy who made this process has a uh, has a sister who has um, a bunch of disabilities, and he's hoping to like clone her and get her into a perfect body. But then like she nobody asks her if she even wants this. Like it's it like just escalates and it gets to a point where they're like, maybe we should put the clones down, you know, or like, you know, what happens if they're if the two the clone and the host are apart for a long time. It like it, Jason, it's so good. And it explores like identity and what makes you you in like a really interesting way. Um, very yeah, fun. That- and then kind of turns into uh, a horror movie at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really got to finish it. I bought, um, I actually bought the hardcover, this like special edition of it. Uh, just like oh, nice. I had never heard of it before, <clears throat> but I bought it last summer. I still have to finish it. I, I apologize that it to to the to the uh, to the uh, artist that uh, I haven't finished it. Uh, but it got ate up by the summer, you know. Sure, um, sure. But it, but it is, it is exactly my sweet spot of like weird sci-fi like inject any weird sci-fi into my veins like i don't even care if it like doesn't work you know i just love that like because like science fiction as a genre to me is like it's (laughs) it's so well you know what fuck anybody who shits on a genre anyway because like but sure yeah like like sci-fi is, is is so perfect for that and it's like that's what like all of it's about and it's like it always makes me laugh whenever people are like yeah it's like a science fiction movie but like it really makes you think it's like yeah like the entirety all of the sci-fi genre, should man. be that yeah 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 it's not yeah good sci-fi yeah and aliens shooting guns you know yeah yeah exactly and and you know and you're right like the the questions it brings about um about identity and about what makes like a person you know, and also like what makes like somebody's right to have like a, a certain thing, like something I do remember from from what I read of it is when they meet when they meet their counterparts and they're asking them like, well, wait a minute, are you my husband? And he was like, right. kinda, I feel like it, but I also feel like this different person. And like it brings into that question of like, you know, okay, we made this like genetic copy ish right. and it has like memories sort of, but it's still literally this separate physical thing. And so what makes right. a person, a person, you know, it's that whole question of, uh, I think other sci-fi uh, stories have brought this up, but it's like, you know, the idea of if you can just straight download your brain into a robot body, are you still you? You know, yeah, are you still right. a human being, you know, because it's like um, what as I heard it described once as like somebody loses an arm and they get a prosthetic arm. OK, they lose another arm and they get another prosthetic arm. Like, are they somehow less of a person? Do we consider them less of a person? When does it stop? Where's the line, right. you know, of of your of your personhood? Like that kind of shit is just. Oh, God, it gets me so excited, which is why I'm so fun at yeah. parties, you know. You should you should finish Upgrade Soul. It explores all these ideas really well. I, I feel like it. It asks a lot of questions, 
of the reader, but doesn't necessarily preach at them. Like it doesn't, it doesn't tell you the answer. It's just, it's just like, Hey, consider this for a second. And you're just like, Oh my God, I didn't think about that. And then they're like, Oh yeah, think about this too. And I'm like, Oh no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but I, I loved it. The, uh, the art isn't also really, really great. The art is really, really yes. great. Uh, I noticed yeah. Ben Passmore uh, had a credit with uh, color help. So um, I think that uh, Ezra was reaching out to some people who to help yeah. him put this thing together. Um, yeah. And I don't know exactly who did what. But yeah, Ben Passmore's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Ben, ben Passmore. I just want to also, if you haven't been convinced by this so far, you just run run down the inside cover. Winner of the Dwayne McDuffie Award for Diversity in Comics, Publishers Weekly Best Books of 2018, Pastel Magazine's number one graphic novel of 2018, Library Journal Best Books of 2018, Vulture's Top 10 Graphic Novels of 2018, Tor.com Best Comics of 2018, Amazon Best Book of 2018, Comics Beat, Best Comics of 2018. Nominated for 2019 Eisner Award for Best Graphic Album. Winner of the Dinky Award for Diversity in Comics. Nominated for a 2019 Harvey Award for Book of the Year. Nominated for 2019 Ignatz Award for Outstanding Artist and Outstanding Graphic Novel. Nominated for the 2019 Bringo Award for Best Artist and Best Original Graphic Novel. So, the critics have spoken, and I guess that that's also and two drunk idiots have spoken too. <laughs> that like this book is very good. <laughs> yeah. And the edition that I have uh, has an introduction by uh, writer director uh, Darren Arafnowski. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, so, uh, which he's pick, yeah, pick this book up. Like it's, it's real weird, but it's real good. <laughs> Hell yeah. I agree. I got to finish that. I'll finish that. Jace, where can people get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me still on the Twitter machine uh, at King of Black Acid and also at our official Twitter account at World Second Finest. That's World Second with the two. I uh, post about our new episodes that drop on Sundays, about the two read pile on Wednesdays, a couple other things here and there, trying to, you know, let let yeah, the people yeah. know, you know, come come on over here and uh you know once uh once Twitter finally uh burns down, uh we'll, we'll all be on Mastodon or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll it, figure it, it out. It seems eminent. It seems eminent that it's burning down, but it's been seeming eminent like for months now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, Twitter know. is capitalism, it's just gonna be here in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what I, you know what I did? Cause I'm a genius. Just started posting these links into the show notes at, at <laughs> episode 32. And we also did a holiday special and annual. And, and uh, so we're 35 episodes in and I just realized, oh shit, I should put that in the show notes. 
Well, you can you can feel bad about that all you want, but you just mentioned that, and that's the first fucking thought I ever gave to it. So you know, <laughs> I mean, you can find you so can find me at uh, linktree.com/slash nickphil. Uh, also, uh, I'm in the Discord uh, every day, all day, while I'm sitting in the chair working on comics. Uh, so you can chat with me there. Uh, please join us. Yeah, join them. Join us. Join all of us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm um, pretty sure it was Mike Raringo who, and you can cut this from the podcast, but I'm pretty sure it was Mike Raringo who I had read once that um, he uh, would um, burn all his original art after like, sending it off. And yeah, well, because he didn't want to sell it because he hated the like, how fans would get like, you know, oh, pay a thousand dollars to some dealer for a page that he would have, you know, that doesn't, there's original Michael Waringo art floating oh, around maybe, out there. Maybe you're, maybe you're misremembering it as somebody else. Yeah. It must, it must, it must have been someone because Mike Waringo ended up doing that book, uh, leave it to chance. Right. It was that like awesome, like all ages, like no adventure idea. fantasy book. I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm confusing him with someone else. It's it's all right. We're, Never mind. Never we're mind. both we're both full of misinformation or correct information, and there's no way to 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 quantify which is which. Yeah, tune in when we don't talk about it next week, as we forget about the <laughs> the we wild. Immediately forget <laughs> after the wild stories. That we, okay. Yeah, we got to get back into this King Snake shit. Oh yeah, King Snake of Fuck Mountain over here. Oh my God, Jason.